Hello, I'm Dr. Lisa Belial, and you are listening to or watching Radio Maine. Today, I have with me in the studio one of the co-owners, along with his wife, Heather, of Casco Bay Frames and Gallery, Tony Cox. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks, Lisa. I'm excited. So you and I are uh, fellow Mainers. You, you grew up in Topsom. I am, yeah. And you went away and came back. <laughs> exactly. And uh, it was one of those things where I left for a few years, and I just really missed the state and the seasons and the, the history of Maine and came back about five years later, so back in about 95. And you were out in Wyoming for a little yep. bit? Yeah, I decided to be uh, follow my dream to be a ski bum and went out for a year and Stayed for five and taught skiing and coaching and landscaping, and, and then I came back. You're still pretty outdoorsy, aren't you? I really do enjoy, enjoy the state and getting outside and skiing, hiking, canoeing. Um, we live uh, not too far from the Kennebec River, Bodenham, so we get to do a lot of outdoor things and bring the kids out. So you have two daughters... Two correct. daughters, correct. And they're uh, 19 and 20 18 and 20. 18, One's okay. a senior at Mount Aaron High School in Topsom, where I spent part of my time at school. And then the other one is a sophomore at Bowdoin College. Well, thank you for sending her to my alma mater, because, of course, I'm a huge fan, fellow polar bear. Wonderful. I'm sure she's getting a great education there and also at Mount Ararat. She really loves it. It's close to ha- great to have her at home And during the COVID. She was only 30 minutes away, so nice to have her there and she really loves it it's a great community yeah absolutely so i practice up in the topsom area and also a little bit so brunswick which yeah. is funny because brunswick and topsom very different very different yeah it's kind of like living here in yarmouth and people will say so did you go to falmouth high school and i'll say <laughs> no 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 falmouth and yarmouth are very different even though to the outsider they're pretty yeah. pretty close to the same. Brunswick's a great spot. I think it's done they've done some really nice things lately with the restaurants, uh, art galleries. Um, it's just a beautiful community and then Topsom is a little more working class and just a quick jaunt over the river. Um, but I really enjoyed growing up there and we actually after we got back uh, did some we lived there for a while, renovated some homes in the Topsom area. It's really changed a lot, hasn't it? It really has. Yeah. And I think it's a it's a great spot for young families and people that you can commute to Portland or up to Augusta. Yeah, that was what I found when I was in Brunswick. It was a lot of Brunswick patients, but when I was in Topsom, it was people all up and down I ninety five because it was very close. They yes. could get to Augusta, they could go to Portland, so it ended up being really a nice mix of people. Actually, in both practices, it really is. So your. Um, gallery and frame shop is in Portland though. Correct. So we bought the shop about 18 years ago from uh, Heather's parents, uh, Mike and Georgia. So they were looking for a reason to move back to Maine to be close to their kids and had owned some small businesses and decided to buy the picture frame shop with no art experience and did a lot of um, great upgrades, computerized it, um, did some facility upgrades to computers, things like that. When Heather and I were about to have our second child in 2003, they were going to sell it after about five years and approached us. And we thought with my art and human resources background and her um, practicality, and it was a great opportunity. It allowed her to stay home with the kids, me to work in Portland. Um, and it's about a 35-minute drive from work, which gives me... Uh, home is about 35-minute 
drive from work, which gives me a little time to unwind and listen to the radio. And so it's worked out really well for us. So, so tell me about the combination of an undergraduate degree in psychology, work in human resources, but also a studio art background at Skidmore. So, so tell me about that fascinating combination of things that has made up your skill set. Um, well, for a while, I was at L.O. Bean and Human Resources, which loved the company, loved the people. Um, it was really inspiring talking to people. I was in a... Um, seasonal hiring position. So having those skills, bringing that into the picture frame shop, along with the hands-on, you know, we do some light carpentry where we're building the frames and cutting the frames. And my wife and I had done some home renovation, sort of flipping houses uh, up in the Midcoast area. It really worked out well that for me, being able to do multiple things during the day, you're talking to an employee, you're working with a customer, you get to go out back and sort of wind down and build some frames and put some things together, problem solving. Um, so retail really is psychology and, and um, owning a business is really the human resources. And then I like the hands-on part um, because when I did the studio art at Skidmore, it was ceramics, wood sculpture, photography, and I really enjoyed that hands-on part. So it allows me to do a little bit of that creative thing. Do you, do you still do any of that? Don't do as much photography as I would like, but now it's more, you know, taking pictures with my phone or gardening, getting out in the backyard, building, you know, rustic things like that. Um, really, it's my outlet. So I know that we have behind us a um, Cooper Dragonette. Yes. And he works with you a lot. Cooper has been one of our great clients. He's actually become a friend. Um, he was the art teacher at Topsom at Mount Art High School, where both my girls went. Um, I'd love to see his work develop. And he is a, you know, probably one of my favorite Portland Art Gallery painters. There's many. Um, but his work is just, it's, I'd love to see it evolve over the years. And we've also hung a lot of his art at clients' homes. Um, he's very easy to work with. He's, uh, just a, a fun, enjoyable person all around. So that is an interesting thing you're bringing up. The idea of someone's evolving art that, you know, they're not the same person when they first pick up a paintbrush as right. the person they become over, you know, 10, 20, 30 years of creating. Yeah. The, um, one of the most exciting, interesting things about our business is seeing all the different artwork that comes in. And you'll see a fledgling artist bring their artwork in and then 10 years later uh, be a very successful artist represented all over the country. Um, and that part of the job, picture framing in general, um, makes it creative for, you know, makes it inspiring for me and for my my framers and designers because they get a break every 30 minutes when someone comes in to interact them and talk about the art, where they get it, why they like it. And then we get to work with them to pick up the framing and matting that will work with that piece. Also taking into consideration their home. So if you're looking at, for example, this piece behind us, um, and I'm assuming you did this frame because yes, if, we did. if not, that would be very embarrassing. <laughs> but, 
but I'm sure we that, did. Okay, good, because it looks great. It's the 901 profile from Vermont. Okay. So tell me what you were thinking about when you framed this piece or the people that you're yeah. working with, what they were thinking so about. For Cooper, it's really just giving it a nice clean look, such as this piece here, and not taking away from the art. Um, this is a tree called basswood. This wood here, it's actually in Maine, it's a linden tree. Um, a lot of people carve with it. Um, and this is actually an unfinished frame. So this is in its natural state. And I think with his paintings and just having a natural wood that's from the Northeast, just really brings the whole piece in together. I like the story behind the piece. Like to, we do like a barn board frame and we do a main maple, uh, which I think is for me very inspiring to have that something sourced locally. So then people get the story not only of the piece itself, but also of the frame around the piece. Correct. So that's that's really interesting because I I know that when I've seen pieces before, a frame does make or break piece often, but I don't often think about the wood itself that goes right. into making the frame. Yeah. And I think one of the things we've seen it even more with all the local you know, the recent supply chain issues that we're having, you know, problems on these really from a really large frame company might be out of stock because it's coming from overseas. But we have a couple frame companies. One is a local woodworker in Hollowell, our gardener. And then we have this frame, for example, is out of Vermont. And then there's a great company out of Boulder, Colorado that does hardwood frames. So for us, it is one feels really good, but it also allows us to give a solid date to our customer and be able to meet that because we know it's, it's available. Is there a conversation about sustainability in this type of, um, in, in wood in, in your industry? Yes. It has become ever more important. Um, what a lot of the larger frame companies, so we work with probably about 10, um, but we work primarily with probably four. A lot of them will have a sustainable line. And I think that's really important so that we can pick out frames um, that have that. Um, I would say we picture framing industry as a whole has some room for improvement. The glass, for example, is coated. So unfortunately, it's not recyclable. So those are some things that I'm very interested in looking into ways that we can make do a little better. Um, but for the most part, uh, it's wood, it's metal, um, and the paper is usually backing. So um, we still use foam core, which, again, I think there's a lot of room in picture framing as a whole. The good thing I can say, though, is that the quality of all picture framers um, and the materials, you should expect a piece to last 15, 20 years very easily. So it's not, you know, someone's not redoing their art every five years. So I do feel like that has something to go for it. And we want people to be able to enjoy it for a long time and not have to worry about it coming apart or it fading, those type of issues. Yeah, that's an interesting balance, right? That if you put something in plastic, it's probably going to last a million years, <laughs> right. but then also will never leave the environment. <laughs> and then you put something in wood and you want it to last long enough so that you don't have to use more wood in the not-too-distant exactly. future. Exactly. So. 
Yeah, I, I feel like this is something that when I talk to people who are in, for example, the home goods industry um, or flooring, there's just a lot of this conversation going on, and it's it's very similar. It's it important. has to be a balance. Yeah, it's important that you know we try to like limit the waste that comes out of the shop by reusing pieces, donating leftover map board, just donated some to the Children's Museum the other day. That, things that probably would have gone into the dumpster if someone hadn't taken it. So I really do enjoy that local part of it, you know, making the relationships over the years. So when you take a piece into someone's home and you're helping them, I'm guessing, kind of locate it a little bit and then actually put it up on the wall in the right place, what types of things are you taking into consideration? Yeah, that's a great question, Lisa. The... um, we do probably, I would say, three to four home visits per week, which will be bringing um, art from uh, either that we framed or art from like the Portland Art Gallery um, or just come into their home and hang art because they've moved up here. Um, what we're considering is, you know, height. Um, does, is this wall big enough for this piece? Do you, you know, so we'll work with the customer, go back and forth. Do you like it here or should we try it here? So a lot of that, you know, back and forth uh, with the client. Um, and then obviously the technical part, we have the correct hardware. It's going to stay on the wall. What kind of wall is it? Is it plaster? Do we need to pre-drill? That type of stuff. So we, we have all that experience and knowledge. So that once we put it up, it'll stay up. And if they ever do move, there won't be a huge hole in the wall. Um, but we can go... When we work with designers, um, it's a real, you know, hey, where do you want this piece? We'll put it right up here. We work with homeowners. They might want a lot of input or they might just say, hey, what do you think? And we can offer as much advice or as little advice as they like. I really enjoy that part of the job. How about lighting? Does lighting ever come Lighting into- makes all the difference in the world. <laughs> um, so, for example, when you walk into the Portland Art Gallery, it's the pieces. You, all you see is the pieces. And in people's homes, I often look for the place where the light is the best. It's going to get an afternoon light. Do you have a nice spotlight on it? Um, the people who think about the lighting, you know, whether they're renovating a home or moving into a new home, you can really tell because it makes all the difference in the world. Um, obviously, we like to see an artificial light on the artwork just because of the, the longevity and the archivalness. Um, as you know, you walk into the museum and there's never a piece in sunlight. So even with all of the technology today and UV filtering glass, if a piece is sitting in direct light, especially a print, it will fade over time. So, so is that a bit of a conundrum ever, the idea that you may need to put a piece under glass to protect it, but then you're potentially creating a little bit of a barrier, maybe a glare on the on the light? How do you... These are some of the challenges that we, we deal with every day and part of the excitement of the job. The glass adds a lot of protection, but it will take away especially in glare. So we have a product called Museum Glass that will be both low glare and UV protection. Um, a lot of people have had experience when they walk into an eyeglass shop. 
and they say, would you like the UV? Would you like the low glare? And after a while, you're looking at this bill with the eyeglasses and going, wow, is it really worth it? But once you get the eyeglasses that don't reflect the headlights, when you're driving at night, you're like, wow, I can't believe I lived without this. Same thing with museum glass. It is probably a third more uh, in cost. But once you get the museum glass, people will come back and start bringing their other pieces saying, can you switch this for me, Tony? Uh, because I really love the museum glass. So a lot like other businesses, the quality, the high-end products are actually worth it. And I think as I age, I understand that it's worth spending a little bit of money on. The nice thing about oil paintings such as Cooper's um, and acrylics, um, they don't have to be under glass, which is nice. So when I am in a client's home, they say, I'm looking for a piece to go here on this landing by the door. Why don't you look at some canvases? Because I think that would be really um, a good way to, to be able to see the art. Because why have art when you can't, when you can't enjoy it, when there's glare on it? Or, um, and the other thing is, too, is in some situations, a bathroom uh, where it's moist or a very highlight area, purchase a piece of art that you really like the image but that you're okay knowing that it may degrade over time. So uh, replaceable. So the types of things that need to go under glass, would that be watercolors, yes. pastels? <clears throat> Watercolor, pastels, any sort of print, photographs um, are all good examples of under glass posters. Um, anything, uh, a lot of, we put a lot of documents under glass, we also do a lot of shadow boxes of people's keepsakes, jerseys, uh, christening dress. Uh, we did a rattlesnake skin, which was very interesting. Uh, it was for the cryptozoology. Well, it wasn't a rattlesnake. It was a. It was the snake they found in Westbrook, for the cryptozoology museum, um, and that was under a big box with a plexiglass front. Um, so those are all protected and preserved and allow you to enjoy them without them getting, helping them degrade slower. Do you find, you said that sometimes people will come in and they'll bring in a piece that was done in a different way and they'll say, can you do this the way that you did the last one? Is, is that a common thing that people find, yeah. oh, this has really made a difference. I want to kind of keep upgrading all the rest of my work. Yeah, one of the great things about the picture frame industry is that they're always looking. So at the picture framing manufacturers, um, they're always looking at trends. White, is it oak? Like, for example, we're seeing a resurgence in oak frames. We're seeing white be more popular. Um, so the frame companies are seeing those working with designers, talking to folks in that industry and seeing where things are going. And then they'll be like, hey, we have a new line of oak frames or white frames. And so we so when they so folks will come in and say, I've, I've redone my room. I've redone my home. Um, we want to move this piece from here to another. And then one of the first things we talk to them about is tell us about the room it's in. Often they'll bring a picture or a paint swatch, and then we can work with either the matting or the framing to help complement that. What are some of the biggest mistakes you've seen people make with pieces? You don't have to name any names. Nope, no names. Um, number one mistake is putting a photograph 
print piece of work on paper up against the glass. So part of archival framing is always putting an airspace between the glass and the artwork. And we do that a couple of ways. We can put a little acrylic spacer underneath the lip of the frame to create that space. But the matting you see with the little bevel, and that's very typical, creates that airspace as well. So that is probably the number one mistake we see is um, that. The other would be art that's not encased. So there used to be uh, a trend of these uh, frameless or clip frames. It would be just a piece of glass and maybe a piece of foam core, and then there'd be little clips around it. And that's bad because all the outside moisture and environment is coming in the sides of that piece there. So that's another thing we see. But definitely number one is the um, glass up against the art. Also, if a piece is, a th the frame's too thin and it's been hanging on the wall for a long time, it will start to feel the weight. Maybe the bottom corners might be coming apart uh, because the frame just wasn't sized correctly for the piece or hung in a manner that was helping it come apart, I guess. Is it ever possible to do restoration on pieces? Do you ever work with people who do that sort of work? So on the artwork or the frames? Well, either or one, either I guess. One. Yeah. So we do a lot of uh, work with a local paper conservator um, who will, um, I would say, two to three pieces a week where we might refer uh, a client to them. You have an old document that has faded, um, uh, a piece of artwork that has been stained over time, um, and she has methods to bathe, restore, lighten, neutralize those pieces. Um, paintings, we don't see those as much, but we have some uh, people to refer um, for that, including someone who works for me who has a side business in painting restoration. Um, frames, there's a wonderful person in Portland who does frame restoration, which is a whole art in itself. So you have a really ornate frame and a little piece is broken off, but the rest of it's perfect. She can take a mold of a piece, duplicate it, and recreate that missing piece, like in a plaster type material. Um, so what we, we sort of stop at the rebuilding, you bring in an old frame in and say, oh, this was for us, you know, much bigger painting. Can you cut it down? Oh yeah, we can cut it down, rebuild it, put it back together. But when it gets to actual, uh, cosmetic work to the frame, we refer, we have some great people to refer uh, our clients to. So you know your you know your niche and you know when to yes. move people to the different specialties yes. to deal with other different issues. Yes. It sounds like exactly very similar to medicine. Really. Exactly, <laughs> we do everything uh, with your artwork. Um, you know, and as far as framing goes, we can deliver, we can install, and then we refer people if they need to ship or if they need to have the artwork restored or scanned. We often. Um, when someone has a really interesting or a really um, photograph that's really meaningful, uh, one of the uh, suggestions I often use is, why don't you get it scanned? Um, and then so you have a digital copy. And we could even frame the digital copy and you can keep this original, you know, in a nice archival folder uh, in a safe place in your home. Um, because we do understand that 
artwork does degrade and you want to keep these things for as long as possible. So you said that there's a, there's some psychology involved with retail and having done a little bit of retail myself and having done a lot of psychology over the years in various jobs, I know that sometimes one of the issues that comes up is uh, two people come in with something and they don't agree on the approach to whatever that is. Oh, so maybe it's a couple, two partners. Maybe they have a piece that they really love. Maybe they have a Cooper Dragonette, and one of them wants it to be in oak. One of them wants it to be in linden. How do you approach that situation? I think that is one of the most uh, entertaining and challenging, and I guess challenging isn't the word, because we always come up with a solution. So a lot of communication, a lot of asking questions about you think, what do you think? And trying to read the client in where they are going and trying to direct them into something that you feel will work for both of them. Uh, maybe someone says, well, that's okay. And then you say, okay, let me go back to the wall and grab another sample. And maybe this is, or they're looking at a pink mat. And maybe you go just a little bit in the softer or the peach colors. It is it's amazing. It's the, one of the greatest things about picture framing is you spend, you could spend 10, 15 minutes with the design. You could spend an hour and a half. And during that time, you build a relationship with the client or clients, um, especially if there's two of them and they're, they're debating back and forth and you're working with them to come up with a solution. And then to see them come back in three or four weeks when we have the piece done and to just see the excitement and glow on their faces because we're showing them a small six inch sample and we're trying to explain to them how this is going to look and the size and they come back and they're like wow we didn't expect it to look that good so compassion patience um and just understanding that people are going to have different opinions um you know we want to respect and honor their wishes but it's also our job to say i think that's a great color or I, I think that's a good method for framing, but I, I would suggest maybe this glass or this frame or this different color here uh, would be better for this reason. And then in the end, obviously, it's, it's their choice and we're there for them. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think what you're describing is honoring where they're coming from, but also honoring where you know they want to go. And maybe they don't actually know how to get there. They think they might know how to get there, but that's you know a little bit better because you've been that road before. Done, done it for a long time. And um, all nine of the employees, the current employees, are artists who have their own mediums. One's a photographer, one's a collage artist, a couple painters. Um, they all have that eye as well. So I think having the gallery, which is their artwork, uh, attached to our framing studio, allows the customer to see, oh, that's Michael's piece. Oh, and Michael's helping me. Michael, what is that frame you have on your piece? That is that really for us, I think is a it's a great combination of things. We're in a strip mall, um, which uh, you know I have just learned to embrace. And it's great because we have a wonderful location and, and great parking. Um but it's not the type of place you picture walking into to be working with professional picture framers and artists. But once people walk in, see the warm, welcome 
feeling that we have. Um, we know a lot of our clients by name. We have a really great return rate for people who come back in and, and they know a lot of us. Hey, Tony. Hey, Mike. Hey, Holly. How are you doing? Um, so I feel like for us, it's a great combination of being convenient, but then having this little space where people, you know, they're going to Hannaford. Oh, I just want to stop in and see what's on the walls. So once they discover this little hidden gem, I like to say, in the, in the Hannaford Shopping Plaza, uh, they come back. Well, I mean, to be clear, you're actually near a very nice Hannaford. You're you're right. You're right Correct. near Back Cove. You, I mean, the yeah. water's right across the street. We have water. So bath. exactly. Yes. Exactly. Where else can um, we get that? Yeah, and people could, I think, pick up a sandwich too while they're over there looking. <laughs> at exactly. The so exactly. They can get anything they want over there. Yeah. So that's right. Um, do you think that art, when in, when it comes to your field, are people looking at it more from a design standpoint or from an emotional standpoint? I think there's a little of both. Um, definitely when people walk into a gallery, they get a feel for it. Um, and pe- things will catch their eye and they go to that. I do feel like from um, the interior designer's point of view, which we work a lot with and we do a lot of corporate work, um, they are looking more on the design sense of the piece. You know, is this a, you know, Contemporary piece is traditional. Um, I feel like we can add some with the frame. So, like for example, this Cooper here. You know, if we put a, a large gold frame on it, it's going to look completely different and feel much different to the client. Um, so, I think there is a little bit of both, depending on the client. I think we see a lot of personal. Um, Clients who bring in their their artwork for themselves is really emotional, um, and that's why we want to be extra careful. Assure them that we're going to be really careful and use the correct techniques um, and care with this piece. Um, and with the designers, it is really you know what we're doing. Fourteen pieces. You know how do these frames all complement the look you're going for in the house? We have a floater frame on this one. We have a traditional frame on this one. And do we do that with the, the color? Do we do that with the texture of the frame? So we can add that part to it, to add some of the design part. Isn't it also true that by actually putting a frame around something, you can create, and I'm using air quotes, art out of something that maybe not everybody would have previously thought was art at all? That is really a fun part of the job we had a woman <clears throat> who had ordered some pottery online from a local artist i shouldn't say on, yeah i guess it was online um but a local artist from bodenham um shipped her a package and had drawn a thank you and a picture on the outside of the cardboard box she brought it in so that was one of the things she was going to frame and the wonderful part of that was Okay, how are we going to make this cardboard box part look really good? Uh, we had a pizza box the other day. Um, so th- that is the fun part. And it's so great to see what the clients are thinking of when they come in with a dish towel. With oh, There's so many pieces I can think of. And we can turn that into art. So is it a really big frame on a small piece? Is it a large mat? Do we float it? Do we... Um, you know, create a shadow box. 
Um, so that is a lot of just a really great, great part of the job. Yeah, I think, you know, when I was when I was running today and thinking about my conversation with you, I was thinking that, that there's this huge metaphor around the work that you do, right? That it's, framing is really everything. It is. It's, it's really, it's the box you put around something so that you can focus on what's inside. Yes. And so you're doing that literally, but even somewhat figuratively when Correct. you're doing this with people's pizza boxes. Correct. Yes. That is, I mean, that really is it, is frame is part of the art. Um, and whether it sticks out and becomes a focal point with some of the, you know, more simple items, or it is in the background, like with this Cooper piece and, and just the basswood floater, um, that's the balance. That's, that's a fun part of it to come up together and or work together with the client um, to get to that end. Yeah, it, and it reminds me also of a conversation that I had recently with someone about um, performance, that there are pieces of the performance that you don't necessarily think of as art, but those are also part of the art. Right. So you're not just, it's not just a technical or me mechanical part of it. It is, but what it really is, is the art of the work that that's goes correct. with the art that's in the work. Yeah. So it's all part of the dance, it sounds like. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, on that note, I'm going to encourage people to go visit you over at Casco Bay Frames and Gallery. Thank you. you and your wife, Heather. And I'm going to thank you very much for all of the wonderful work that I know that you have framed for um, my household, because I know we have quite a few of your frames thank you very in much. place. And also all the wonderful work that you are doing for the Portland Art Gallery. Yeah, it's really been a pleasure um, talking to you today and working with all the great people at the Portland Art Gallery. and often on my lunch break and bring something by to the gallery, drop it off or pick it up. And I just, uh, I have to tell myself to leave because just looking around and I just get so inspired by all the, the different main artists. And so thank you very much, Lisa. Thank you. I've been speaking with the co-owner of Casco Bay Frames and Gallery, and this is Tony Cox. I hope you take the time to go visit him over at his location, and I hope that you have already had the experience of having something framed, and if not, you certainly should. I'm Dr. Lisa Belial, and this is Radio Maine.